Welcome back to Breaking the Grid, where we talk about all the unforeseen sides of off-grid living. A lot of these topics are taken from Dan's book, Breaking the Grid. We talk about navigating a life without society. And today we have a very special guest. Her name is Barbara Seiden. She's an editor and she worked with production on Bewitched. And most importantly, she is Dan's mom. Hey. Welcome to the show, Barbara. Thank you for having me, Zoe. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Okay, we're so excited to have you here and sort of pick your brain about everything. So we want to talk with Barbara about what the impact it was for Dan to leave society, what that signified for her and how much of a significance that had on her life, if it did at all. And a lot of times people don't recognize this they focus so much on the person leaving the grid they don't realize that there's people that that person left behind when dan was off the grid he didn't have any contact with anyone for seven years including barbara his mom so it must have been really hard on you before we get into that i just want you to sort of introduce yourself what you did and who you are what you're doing now and well i thank you for having me again. I'm a writer, screenwriter. I've got a play that I'm shopping around now, Pointed Rounds. Mm -hmm. There's a plug there. Mm. Yeah, of course. It was after um, the Royal Oaks shooting. Postal shooting. Yes, because right. you worked with the postal office for how many years? Oh, 17 years. 17 years. That's yeah. a long time. That's yeah. very hard. Yeah, I retired from there. So I've been a journalist. I edit Dan's books now. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of things I've done. I've been a writer, producer, director. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So you really know the ins and outs of Hollywood and well, production. Somewhat, somewhat. More in television. But she worked on the Monkees TV show, too. The Monkees? It was yeah. a TV show back in the 80s, early in the 80s. 60s, oh, 70s. 60s, 70s. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, mostly Bewitched. I worked on Bewitched and That's for incredible. ABC TV Network. <laughs> movie of the Week, we did that. Actually originated Movie of the Week. Okay, awesome. Well, tell me about a little bit about you guys. Like what your relationship is like. Are you guys close? What do you think, Dana? Um, I think that when I was really young, we were closer. Mm -hmm. And then when I became a teenager... Of course, like any teenager, mm -hmm. we split apart. Mm -hmm. And um, just living in a non-nuclear family to begin with, um, you're not as close as you're going to be. So when you say non-nuclear, what happened? No father, no, sister's gone. Um, you know, it's just yeah, it was, single parent. Yeah, it's just so you raised Dan. Raising him, right. Okay. Right. Uh, and when was, did the divorce happen? That was 1983. And then, uh, so I was like six or yeah, five. Yeah, it was so. very hard on him. Oh. And both of them. They went through a lot, as did I. So it, it was very tumultuous. I was going through not only a divorce, uh, I was going through a contested custody battle with my ex-husband. So that, And then I was getting no uh, child support, which was very difficult. And then... I had to raise them myself. And 
It was very difficult for Dan. I was trying yeah. to find a male role model for him. Yeah, several absolutely. different uh what was it, the Big Brother. Uh, big Brother. Yeah. yeah. He, but we're closer now. Yeah. Yeah. As you got older. Well, yeah. And we find more in common too. Mm -hmm. He's kind of taken my line of work mm -hmm. and uh become a writer, very Yeah. Very uh, famous writer. Very famous, successful yeah. <laughs> very successful writer. Got Dan's three new books, books Breaking published. the Grid, yes. edited by Barbara, uh -huh. Barbara Sinan. Yes, <laughs> and I'm very proud of him. You know, he's done quite well. And I've worked on TV shows, too. Yeah. yeah. I've worked That's on shows true. like The Walking Dead, That's right. Falling Skies, The yeah. Colony. Right. Um, so, so we both worked on TV shows. followed in my footsteps. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So it seems like you guys didn't grow up in a traditional sense, but you were closer when he was younger, and then what happened to make you guys grow apart? Well, I think it was the trauma of the divorce, really. And then, you know, as he said, he became a teenager, and teenagers <laughs> try things, and they yeah. get in trouble. And yeah. that's what happened, and I had to get him back to have him go back to his dad's for a while. Mm -hmm. So that was the traumatic. When did that happen? That was when he were about 15, I think. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then we started growing apart. Then. Well, he, he wasn't near me. Yeah. You know, How I'm, long were you guys apart when you got sent off to live with your dad? Well, um, from, I, I don't know if I saw you again. You didn't no. come to visit or anything. Well, no. I didn't come to visit I, you. You, or... you could, no, he, I think you were very angry. Um, yeah. And, and Probably this, not till high school. Well, I think his father... You know, did a lot of parental alienation against me. He had a stepmother, and they both uh, tried to distance my children from me. It was very difficult to go see them. I couldn't go visit them, and they didn't come to see me. And Dan was going through a hard time then. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think until you graduated from the Navy, actually, I went oh, wow. to my high school graduation. Oh, yeah, I went to his high school graduation. Wow. So, was, so right. let me just get the timeline correct. So at 15, Dan was sent off to live with his father. And then for two or three years, you didn't have any contact with right. him. Right. Okay. Well, it was terrible, of course. Traumatic, Of I course, because yeah. I was very close to Dan. Well, I cried a lot. Aww. I don't know that. Yeah. I mean, I was, it was like a dagger in my heart. He was pulled away from me. My goodness. I'm yeah, so sorry. I was very close to him. And I'm sorry. Yeah, it was very traumatic. Was that hard on you, Dan? Um, I don't, I'm, of course, I'm sure a little bit, but I was kind of rebelling and yeah. raging as a machine. And, and that's what we did in the 80s. And so to get away from anything and any anybody is what we wanted. And so I got away from her in Detroit and then went to live with my dad. And then I couldn't wait to get away from him and, yeah. and you know, and yeah. uh, Texas. And, teenagers do. Yeah. Yeah. So we were always, you know, it just, I think as a kid, things roll off your back a lot easier than when you're an adult. Right. So it's, things aren't as hard on you right. in that way. But yeah, I'm sure it was hard. Yeah. Someone. Okay. So yeah. when did you guys pick up that relationship again? 
Well, I went to see his Navy at his high school graduation. And then when he graduated from the Navy, I saw him. My mother and I went down there and we went to that graduation. So that's the only time I saw you. Yeah, I don't know if we ever like regained that um, relationship. Right. I, I think more so now. Yeah. Um, than during that time for right. sure. Wow. But we, I don't. I don't yeah. know if it's ever been as close as we were when I was, you know, seven years old. Yeah. Wow. You know. So a lot of traumatic things happened between right. you, you two. In so your lives. relationship was yeah. very. Yeah. It was distant. Mm -hmm. yeah. So share with me in the audience the timeline leading up to you leaving society and leaving your mother how was that what happened during those years were you close by then or were you guys still distant from each other or? i think we were closer during that time when i made the decision to leave so this was yeah. after the military yeah after okay. the military um i came back moved to texas to san antonio yeah and we had a little bit better relationship. Than so you guys have started to rekindle yeah, that. We came down to visit yeah. Dan. And yeah. And you came to the wedding in Mexico. Yeah. That was and great. So it was starting to kind of become yeah. better. Oh, good. And then the rug was ripped out from underneath you again. And I said, I'm leaving. Yeah. Just as we were starting to rekindle our relationship. So, but you know what really. I remember very vividly, I was so happy when you told me, when we had the dance at your wedding, mm. and he told me, I'm so glad I told the judge I wanted to come back and live mm. with you. Mm. And I was so happy. Mm. So, I mean, we had our real lows and we had our highs. Mm. I mean, they were very low and then very high. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the way yeah. our, our life went. But the lows make you appreciate the highs right, a lot more. Right, exactly. Definitely. When did you leave Dan? 2004. 2004. Yeah. So you got married. So your mom was at your wedding. Right. So that was 2003. 2003. Right. Okay. So you guys got married in early 2003. And then you left. So we got married in February, February. 2003. Okay. Right. And then we were together maybe a few months. So late 2003 is when we actually left. Okay. And what made... Or maybe even mid-2003. Oh, so you were only together for a few months when you decided to leave. Yeah. Okay. What made you leave so soon after getting married? Because you would think you would want to enjoy that, like, yeah. honeymoon phase before you just... Yeah, and we Left. did, well, you know, my ex-wife wasn't American. She'd never really been here. And so she was kind of having trouble with adapting adapting to the American customs and stuff. And she She's wasn't liking it. She's from Mexico. Mexico. And she wasn't liking it. She wasn't enjoying it. But I already had a career as an engineer with Boeing mm -hmm. that I had, as soon as we got married in Mexico, I had to come back on Monday or, you know, or whatever. Ah. So she kind of just fell right back into my routine. Oh. And there wasn't really a honeymoon phase. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there was when I got home, but I'm home for a few hours a night. And so by the end of, I don't know, three, four, five months of that, um, I think she was ready for something different too. I see. She had always wanted different. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't want to be the typical Mexican housewife um, to the machismo husband in Mexico and have seven kids. Mm -hmm. and, um, she wanted to leave that, and she didn't want that here either. She didn't want to be that housewife. Mm. 
Um, so she convinced me as much as I convinced her mm. to let's just quit and, and not do this. Wow. Okay. So when you did that, did you let your mom know? Did you talk with her beforehand or was it just, you just left? I kind of remember him I must him have said talking. something. Yeah, yeah, he talked to me. At least to say I'm leaving. Well, I think he did. We, I, I remember having a pretty deep discussion with oh, him okay. about it, that he he was fed up with society, that they just couldn't, you know, deal with things in society, that the work, everything, it was like he said in his book, they wanted to be free of everything. Mm -hmm. And he explained that to me and I, I understood it. You know, he was older now, mm -hmm. he's like 26 when you say you understood it, did you truly mm -hmm. understand the extent of him cutting you off for seven well, years? I didn't or? know he was going to cut me off for seven years. <laughs> but I mean, I thought of it just like another camping trip. Uh, they'd be out there for a while. Okay. And they'd come back and I'd see them and they'd keep in touch, you know. I figured he'd keep in touch. But I was concerned there was no hospital nearby, he said, not no hospital. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how they were going to get food or, you know, with no job, no income, mm -hmm. no money. I was concerned about that, yeah. sure. So, Dan, do you remember that conversation you had with your mom? Did you go into detail? Because she didn't understand that you were going to cut her off for seven years. I'm how? not sure that we understood. Yeah, I was oh. just going to say I, mean, I, I knew yeah. we were going to cut off. Yes. But. You didn't, you didn't understand the extent. Right. I didn't understand what that meant either. Okay. I knew yeah. we weren't going to go into society for shopping and yeah. um, we weren't going to have any phone or TV or anything, but I didn't really know what that meant. Right. And also, like, we had planned to do it permanently. For the I, rest of your life. Like, yeah, like, right. I would never, never see her again. Back. Yeah. You know. So yeah, how I, did you prepare yourself for that? I don't think you knew well, that. I didn't know that part. Yeah. He okay. didn't say that. We just said we're leaving society. Yeah. And you thought it was going to be a temporary thing, yeah. which it kind of turned out to be. It turned out to be, but how did, Dan, how did you prepare yourself to never see your mom again? Or well, was that just normal for you? Yeah, I think it was after leaving to go in the military. and for so long not seeing me. It yeah. wasn't a new thing for him. Yeah, during the Gulf War at that time in the in the You 90s, had already accepted, I might not ever see my mom again if I die in this war. Yeah. Yeah, or as something as small as we didn't have phones and mm -hmm. internet and yeah. social media like they do now. They can just chat with family right. all day long. Yeah, it wasn't like it is. So you had a lot of practice, both of you. Like you had practice when Dan left at 15, and yeah. I'm sure you had practice during that time and then leaving for the Navy. And then now this is your third time leaving your mom off of society. So it wasn't like something new that you had to reconcile with or battle with or anything yeah like, I'm getting. like i said we were we would rage against the machine so it's like i didn't mm -hmm. think that i needed to prepare her or anybody it was more like i'm out of here yeah. bye yeah i see like, so i don't want to have anything to do with anybody yeah during the seven years that dan was gone what were the emotions that you were feeling through i guess i guess let me back up so when did you realize the extent that Dan was not going to reach out to you. Like, at some point, did you realize, I haven't heard from my son in two years. What's going on? Well, I don't know which time period you're asking me about because... When he actually left society and cut off 
all contact. Well, he did prepare me that he was not going to be able to be in contact oh, with me. Oh, okay. So you knew that much. Yeah. Okay. I did know that much. Okay. I was hoping I'd get a postcard once in a while, but <laughs> I mean, I was kind of used to it because uh, when he left at 15, I had no contact with him. I see. So that was the, that's when I had to, that was the trauma, traumatic part mm -hmm. that I had to go through. But by the time he left society, he, he was an, he was an adult and he was independent. Mm -hmm. So I knew he could take care of himself. I mean, I felt he could, you know, mm -hmm. I had pretty, a lot of faith and trust in his ability to, to maneuver on his own. Yeah. And you trusted in your own parenting skills like yeah. you felt like you raised a son right I who had was prepared to, to live off the grid right I had to feel confident right. that I had given him everything I could for him to be an independent you know a man to have skills of course mm -hmm. I knew his father taught him a lot of survival skills too mm -hmm. that made me feel better oh good you know that I knew that he had these skills right. and Dan for you would you have explained to your mom differently or did you feel like you did your part in making sure she was okay before you left? I, I didn't really have any um, concerns about how my family was going to take it. Okay. Yeah. So once you were, you had this idea in mind, you were like, I'm going to do this. I don't care what anyone's thinking about or say, for example, if your mom died, while you were out there, you had no concerns about that? I don't think he even thought about things right. like that. I, I mean, we kind of, you're, you're so young, you're 27 years old, that you can't really contemplate anything like that. Mm. I mean, yeah. I said to myself, yeah, they're going to die and I'm never going to see them again. Um, but that has really hasn't, doesn't have any meaning when you're that young. My wants and needs were more important yeah. than anything, anybody, anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at that time of your life, that's how you feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds like, Barbara, you were very supportive of Dan leaving society, even though you didn't truly understand what that meant. Dan, do you feel like she could have been more supportive? I remember a lot of the questions she was asking was about her. Um, she was asking, how will I, how will I get in contact with you? Yeah. Um, how will... I know you're okay. I know you're okay. Mm -hmm. How will... I contact you if there's an emergency. I need to be able to get a hold of you. I need to be able to, I need to know where you're at. Yeah. They didn't know where we were. Mm -hmm. And the answer to every single one of those questions is, you're not going to be able to. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. it. I think my ex-wife, um, because she was much closer with her family, they had a nuclear family right. um, where parents are together and even mm -hmm. grandparents live with them. Um, I think her cutting herself off from her family was a much harder because she was much closer with them. Mm -hmm. So, Barbara, do you feel like you could have been more supportive of Dan leaving society? Well, I think I was supportive as much as I could have been. I mean, if a child says, look, I'm gone and, you know, you're not going to see me, or I'm not going to be in contact with you, that's very hard on you, mm -hmm. you know. But what can you do? I mean, yeah. he's 26. He's a man already. Yeah. You can't say, don't go, don't go. You know, yeah. he's going to do what he wanted to do. And right. I had to support that. If, if you can't do anything actively to support him, 
the best you can do is not it's give like, him resistance. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's go. always what I Let him do what he right. needs to do. Right. And get through it. Try yeah. to get through it as best as you can. And I had my own things going on at the time, too. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I had my health issues. I was taking care of my mother during that time. So mm-hmm. I had, my plate was pretty full right. with things I had to deal with, as well as him leaving, you know. So. Right. Him leaving wasn't the top of your priority because well, you had a course, lot of faith in him. Yeah. I had to just have faith that he was going to be okay, you know. Yeah. Because a lot of people, like my parents would try to stop me. They they would give me resistance. They well, definitely wouldn't be supportive of me leaving society. They would do their best to talk me yeah. out of it or, you know, maybe even physically keep me in society with them. Well, I think that's a different situation. I mean, first right. of all, you're female. Mm-hmm. He was a male and he was independent, mm-hmm. really, from the time he was 10. Right. He was pretty... Yeah. He did independent, adventurous things yeah. right. that I didn't want him to do. But, and of course, at that point in time, I tried to get him to not do it. Right. But yeah, I think that if anything, like the talking out part, if you, if you didn't talk me out of going to war, which is much more dangerous than yeah. leaving society, mm-hmm. why would you talk me well, out of doing that? I mean, right. when you're in the Navy and they send you like to Bahrain, which is where he was stationed mm-hmm. at one point. You know, there's nothing you can do about it as a mother. You can't call the what's the head of the commander and say, look, I don't want my son going out there into yeah. Desert mm-hmm. Storm, which is what he did. I right. mean, you can't do that. He's, he's a man. It's different when they're you know, males, you know. I think my father had, I would have thought they would have handled it worse than they did. What was your father's reaction? I think, Did you tell him? Well, or? he probably wanted you to go in the military because he, what he, he was a Navy person. Oh, I, I, about leaving society? Yeah, about leaving. Yeah. Like, oh. what was his reaction to you leaving society? Did you even tell him? Were you in I think contact he, with I him? I think or? I told him the same stuff as I told my mom. No, okay. Nothing different. Um, and I, I remember him being upset, not for me, but again, for him. Mm. Like, he had raised me mm-hmm. to um, get a good career with a good company. Um, get a good education, oh. get a mortgage, get mm-hmm. in debt, mm-hmm. um, get married, have kids, yeah. you know, that whole spiel. And I said, I'm not doing any of that. Mm. You know, I'm wow. I'm leaving all that yeah. and I'm not going to do that. Mm. And I think that he felt like that was an attack towards I mean, him. Personally, he took yeah. it personally. Yeah. And I remember my ex's father actually like yelling at her and being angry at her mm. because he had physically paid for her whole education to become an engineer. That's right. And she had a cushy engineer job at at AT&T in Mexico. And she was just going to leave. Right. She left it all. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Mm -hmm. all that money Mm -hmm. I put into (laughs) your education, $100,000 or something is all wasted. She will, she will never use that degree. Wow. She never used that degree and it was just a waste. So he kind of felt like uh, more hurt than. um, Yeah. But she did use that degree. She she had her own business as a computer. Uh, uh, she didn't use her engineering degree. She didn't need her engineering degree to do what yeah, she was doing online. Right. But the knowledge that yeah. she got from it was, I'm sure, yeah, came maybe. in handy. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. And uh, but he 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 didn't. Know wouldn't, he never knew that. Yeah. yeah, he won't ever know that now. 
So it sounds like you guys had some resistance. Not everyone was as supportive yeah. as Barbara was. Yeah. So your dad was upset that you were just leaving behind all of your hard work mm -hmm. to live in an uncertain mm -hmm. terrain. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like my son's going off to be in the circus or my right. son yeah. is going off yeah. to be a bum or a yes. hippie. Or... Yeah. That's, that's what they... Or an actor. Yeah. Right. God They're going to fail in Hollywood. Right. They're moving yeah. California. Yeah. yeah. It's I, kind I of a normal reaction yeah. from a parent. Right. But as a mother, I mean, it's different from being a father, you know, with your son. A mother's yeah. relationship with her son, and especially if he's been away for a while. Mm. And you know that you've raised him, done whatever you could to give him the values, you know, that you tried to instill in him. And he's got survival skills, so you have to have confidence that he's going to be okay. Was that and how you so, coped with him being gone? You just... Yeah, I had to trust him and have faith that he was going to be okay. And pray a lot. Oh, <laughs> Pray. Yeah. And God would take care of him. So while you were gone, Dan, did you ever feel guilty that you left your family and your friends? Um, Over time while you were out there? Did you ever, did you ever have that feeling of like realization? Right. Oh, shoot. I'm never going to see them again. I feel guilty that I left my mom or I left my dad or... Friends, no. No. Um, okay. I had kind of distanced myself from all friends by that age. Do you recommend people leaving society to start distancing themselves? Um, like over yes time? Yes and no. Okay. Um, for mentally, theoretically, that would be a good idea because you can prepare yourself mm -hmm. and it won't be such a shock when you're yeah. out there in the middle of nowhere and no contact with anybody. Yeah. But on the other hand, that support and and that can really help you until the very last minute mm -hmm. you know it's like if you're scuba diving and you have to disconnect your air supply or something you want to wait till the last minute mm -hmm. but then it also it's like let me disconnect my air so i can feel how this feels I see. so i'm not so you could you know it could go either way with i don't know if there's a wrong answer there okay I um see. that's how i did it i didn't really have any regrets or not in that field mm -hmm. Yeah, in your book, you have a section about disconnecting and how you did that. You s slowly started to cut ties with coworkers and friends and then eventually your family. And I think for Lurex, it was a lot harder to completely disconnect because she was so, she has so many ties and it's such a high price to mm. lose when you leave society like that. Mm. Um, so how does she do it? Because by knowledge, she has still had some kind of, ties or some connection or was she also completely yeah we were both we were okay we were completely cut off we had no phone no internet no tv we physically didn't leave our property the mm. entire time and in a way she had already done that though by leaving mexico mm. to come mm. to the united states That's right. um she kind of cut off a lot of those things you know when we were living in mexico later we were over at the parents house and friend's house for barbecues every single weekend yeah you know she, how do you go from that to you know, yeah. not talking to them for seven years. I don't know, but that's what she wanted. She always wanted to do something different. She always wanted to travel the world or live in a different country or she didn't want that same mentality. That said, when we were out there and in the middle of it all, she was having a lot more problems than I was. Um, um, she was missing her family and her home. 
mm. and um, her parents a lot more and was wishing that she could talk, talk to them. And um, I didn't really have that too much. Yeah. On the other hand, she had a God to mm -hmm. um, fall back on and to give all those trepidations and those feelings towards too. And I didn't have that. And she had me mm -hmm. as a support system. She had me as that father figure. I'm going to lead the way you follow me. Mm -hmm. um, everything's going to be fine. And she can, she can take solace in that I'm going to protect her and I, uh, I'm going to make it so that she's safe and everything's fine. I didn't have that either. Mm. So I think she had a little bit easier ride and a little harder ride mm. in, in some ways than I Did she feel guilt also during those times? She did. Leaving your, yeah. So you didn't feel as guilty as she did leaving no. your family. Okay. No. He'd already uh, detached He had a lot himself. of practice. Right? You know, he, he detached himself going into the service. Mm. It was gone from us. You know, he'd already detached. Mm. And... I was raised to think that being cut off from a parent and siblings is okay. Mm -hmm. It's acceptable for a child to be estranged from their parent and a parent to be estranged. Is that strange? Mm -hmm. Yeah, estranged. Um, from the child is, is acceptable. Well, that's because you were cut off from your father and sister through right. the divorce. And you were cut off from my sister. Right. So if I was cut off from you, that was acceptable mm -hmm. in my mind. Yeah. Because... Is it acceptable to you guys? Well, it wasn't acceptable. It's just what happened. Well, it had to be acceptable or you wouldn't have accepted it. Well, you mean with you going away? No, with her going away. Oh, no, I didn't accept that. That was the, you took her. Well, you accepted it, though. You didn't. I never accepted it. I'm not saying it's okay. I thought, I'm saying no, that I you was fighting. It. I was fighting that all the time. I was in court with him. At some point in your life, you had to have accepted it. I don't think I ever accepted okay. that. It was wrenching it was heart wrenching mm -hmm. i understand how you yeah. felt but yeah. i'm saying what the situation existed yeah it existed so i, I saw that as a situation that could exist, could exist. you see yeah, what i'm saying right because mm -hmm. i could do that with whoever yeah. i wanted to yeah mm -hmm. so I, see. I never thought of that that way dan yeah in, in a family that that had never happened to yeah that a child was not estranged from their parent mm -hmm. I see. they might think i shouldn't do that to my parent yeah like with my ex, yeah. she yeah. might think I shouldn't be doing this to my right. parent. But to me, I... He saw but, that as a pattern that couldn't yeah. happen. I can, I right. can do that too. Yeah. Right. Okay. I never I saw, I never, I never viewed it that way. I'm glad you explained that yeah. because now I see where you were coming from. Right. It was very mind. easy for me because it, it had easy. already been done in my family. Yeah. yeah. It had already you knew been it was done. possible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it had and, already been done. Right. So there he, were patterns in your family yeah. that was already reoccurring. Yeah, that never occurred to me. That's very insightful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Barbara, could you share some of the emotions that you were going through during those seven years that Diana was gone? Is there, were there any, like, strong emotions that you felt? Did you feel angry or, because I know you had a lot of practice already with Dan being gone. Yeah, I probably did. I probably did feel angry, hurt. Mm. hurt you know that I couldn't have a relationship with him I mean it was very tough on me and then Gosh. I was going through my own problems yeah you know? what were some of your cha the challenges that you went through by yourself well, then, what about during the years that Dan was gone do you remember well, any like when Dan was gone, challenges 2004 to 2008 I had an injury on both knees uh, I had surgery. I couldn't walk. 
in 2002, right? Because, so you had your own Yeah, right before your doing. wedding. Yeah, yeah. and I My think goodness. that came out of the battle, the custody battle. And then I was having a battle with the Postal Service, and uh, very stressful, and I was trying to get workers' comp for my injuries, and uh, that wasn't successful. So then I had to do rehab, and then he announced he was getting married. Uh, so I had to go to the wedding, and it was hard for me to walk. I had to be in rehab to go my to the goodness. wedding. And then I had to be able to dance with him, mm. and I could barely in walk heels. in high <laughs> heels, and I couldn't walk in this November and December right before that. So I had a lot of challenges oh, wow. during that time. So you had a lot of health challenges right. and probably psychological challenges oh, yeah. that you needed to stressful. work through. And then I got lupus, and I think oh. that was... While he was result. gone? No, I got lupus in 2002. I think it was the result mm. of the uh, battle with the divorce and the postal service and the kids leaving. All of that trauma. Do you think. resent Dan for not being there for you while you're going through all of these challenges? No, 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 I never resented him. No. No. I, I was happy he was happy. You know, all I wanted was for him to be happy and safe and doing his thing, what he, what he wanted to do, what he needed to do. You're a very supportive mother because mm -hmm. I know a lot of mothers who might resent their child for not being there for them, mm -hmm. you know, in their elderly age. Dan, do you feel guilty or in retrospect? Now. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Now I couldn't fathom. I'm almost 50 years old. Yeah. I couldn't fathom like. Doing that again. Anybody being, needing him. Being cut off and not, you know, your parent or somebody dies and you weren't ever, you weren't ever around. You're never spending time with them. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a very human thought. So I'm not sure that I would make the same decision now with my parents so much older. Mm -hmm. But at the time that I did it, my parents were in their forties. We, yeah, we were, we were in old. So I had nothing to worry about. Yeah. I see. You know, he um, he Even though she was going through. But like, he didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know. Oh, you didn't know anything about no. her lupus or no. her injury? No. Oh, wow. Okay. Because he had no contact with me while he was at his father's or in the Navy. Oh. Uh -huh. He yeah. never had contact with me. So. Uh, if you had known Dan, would you still have made the same yeah. decision? It wouldn't have affected you. Okay. No. Yeah, we were young and fearless mm -hmm. and free. And yeah. We could do anything, accomplish anything, mm -hmm. and yeah. tackle anything. And that's exactly what we were going to do. Yeah. No matter what anybody else said or what any else, anybody else believed. Because you got to understand at the time, nobody told us that we could leave. Yeah. You know, they told us everything opposite of that, that mm -hmm. we could not leave, that mm -hmm. we couldn't leave society. And nobody said, oh, you can just leave society if you want. Mm -hmm. That wasn't a thing that... Um, yeah, that wasn't happening. Now it's happening more often. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't a thing at that time. So I was I was a little upset that you didn't mm -hmm. tell me I could leave society. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad didn't say, you don't need to do any of that garbage that we did. You can just go. So, yeah, we were in a different mindset back then. For yeah, sure. I bet. Barbara, did you ever doubt Dan's decision to leave society? And um, how did you navigate the balance between respecting his decision and also coping with your own, you know, desires of having your son in your life? 
Yeah, that was hard. You know, of course you want your son in your life and doing the things that you did, you know, getting married like your father wanted, yeah. getting a good job, having children that just the regular pattern. And you having grandchildren. And no, yeah. You getting Gran grandchildren. Yeah, that was a hard thing, not having grandchildren. Yeah, I planned all of that. Wow. I expected it. You know, that's what you expect. Yeah. It's just the routine thing. And for Dan to go off and do his own thing. But see, he always marched to a different drum beat. Mm -hmm. Always. So he was always independent and very creative. And he did his own thing. And so I was kind of used to that. Mm -hmm. And I, not that I wanted him to do this, to be cut off from me in society, you know, society. But I had to accept that, you know, and live with it. I had to live with a lot of things. How did you and come to it. accept it? Was it just because of all the years of Dan being away that you had already prepared yourself well, mentally? Well, that kind of helped, mm -hmm. you know, because he had been gone anyway from me. Right. Being in the Navy and then leaving at 15 I was, to his dad. Yeah, yeah, I was just concerned for him not being able to get to a hospital if he needed to or mm -hmm. get food. So, Dan, for you, were there any moments while you're living off the grid where you felt the need to reach out to Barbara or reach out to your dad or anyone? Um, yeah, I mean, you have your low spots. And yeah. as a kid, because at 27, even though you're physically an adult, in, in retrospect to you living almost 100 years, you're still very much a kid inside. Mm -hmm. We had no experiences. We didn't know how to do any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. There were no books on this. There wasn't any YouTube at the time. Yeah. Um, so there were a lot of low points where physically I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and I wish I could have asked somebody. Yeah. Um, and mentally and emotionally, I was scared, you know, and, and needed someone to console me yeah. and guide me and like i said my ex had me and she had right. god to do that i didn't have anybody right. you know i didn't have a father figure or a mother mm. figure um and i didn't have a father figure spiritually spiritually um that could guide me i had to deal with all my stuff and her stuff and our stuff myself and that was very very overwhelming um you have to be pretty strong-minded and strong-willed to take up that that role um and not let it break you right so yeah absolutely there was a lot of times where i wish um and even thought about coming back wow and uh, i'm sure my ex did too what prevented you from reaching out to your mom or coming back to society what influenced you to maintain silence for seven years a, a, a night's sleep oh Okay. <laughs> get, get a good night's sleep, well rested, eat again, and then you have a new outlook on whatever the problem was that was breaking you down. I see. And all of a sudden, the next morning, you have new hope. Yeah. And you have new uh, vision and outlook on things. Yeah. So it just changed in my minute by minute. Yeah. It was really wasn't a long lasting um, want to reach out to somebody. It was kind of a panicky in the moment. Mm -hmm. oh, I can't take this anymore. This stupid wrench broke. And, yeah. Oh. Okay, I see. But the next morning, everything was fine. Okay. And you also said, we had a conversation about this before. You also said it was pure stubbornness sometimes that would 
you know, influence you to keep going and not break down and reach out and go running to your mom. Yeah. Like, and like, it was this way or no way. Yeah. You were so done with society, right? Can you kind of elaborate on that? Yeah, it was that rage against machine mentality right. that was, um, we're going to do this no matter what anybody else says, that stubbornness. Right. And um, in those moments that we felt like, oh, we can't do that, that was a very, that was a very anti-feeling to what our main objective was and our mm -hmm. overall feeling to mm -hmm. this whole thing, which was we don't want to have anything to do with them. Um, we want to do this on our own. And uh, going back or, you know, going to a payphone or something just wasn't an option. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not until the end. Wow. So let's see. Let's talk about the reunion and the timeline of you, Dan, coming back to society. So um, what led you to come back to society and what made you reach out to your mom and Barbara? When did you hear back from Dan? But let's start with. Uh, what made you come back to society, Dan? Um, it was kind of one of those moments. My ex started feeling, the, well, first of all, let me say that we never, ever plan on coming back. Right. Um, we built our systems, our hydraulic system, I mean, hydroponic systems, our solar systems, our wind systems to sustain themselves indefinitely. And mm -hmm. that we would have food production and health systems intact when we get old and couldn't build these systems. Mm -hmm. But my ex-wife started getting um, something more than homesick. It was, we had, she'd been homesick the whole time, but yeah. she started getting feelings that there was something wrong with her mother. And wow. then, uh, I said, there's nothing wrong with your mother. That's just. It's just one of those moments of weakness is yeah. what you were chopping it up to. Yeah. And I felt like she got this seed in her brain that there might be something wrong with my mom. Mm -hmm. How would I know if there's something wrong with my mom? What if something's wrong with my mom? Mm -hmm. And that seed of all those things started growing and growing. That's what I thought until she couldn't take it anymore. And, um, she couldn't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. And she said, um, we need to go back. I need to check on them. Mm -hmm. So we went back. I remember we went to this internet cafe in this gas station or something that was hours and hours, four or five hours away. I think she emailed her mom and her mom said that she had cancer and she only had, um, months to live or something. My my goodness. And so um, we immediately, I think the next day, we left. We left all of our goats and our chickens and our hydroponic systems running and our fish, and we went straight to Mexico. Mm -hmm. And um, we never went back. We didn't go back to the, the homestead since then. It's, mm -hmm. it's been, what, almost 15, 12, 13, 14 years later, and we haven't been back. Wow. And um, she was with her mother. Our mom um, lived almost a year. Uh, oh. She lived nine or ten more months. Okay. And she took care of her mother till the end, and her mother died. Mm -hmm. um, so she she knew something. She had her feelings were, but that's why we ended up ultimately coming back. Yeah, it wasn't for beautiful. for anything that we did or or couldn't do. Yeah, I mm -hmm. see. So when you came back, did you contact your mother at all? Or when did you reach out to Barbara? Like, hey, mom, I'm back. I think sometime <laughs> when we were in Mexico. Yeah. A few months later or yeah. just a couple months later. Or yeah, something. and then we uh, made plans to go down and visit him. So take me back to the moment when you heard from Dan after seven years. Were oh, you well, elated yeah. or were you angry? I or? was ecstatic. Yeah. I was very happy to hear from him that he was back and that he wanted to stay back. Mm -hmm. And for a while they wanted to stay in Mexico. We went down there 
and uh, looked at some land for them to buy. Mm-hmm. It's going to help them with. Then they decided to do that and in Texas and moved back to Texas mm-hmm. to be closer to the family. So I was very happy about that. And then I made plans to move here to Texas uh, to be closer to him from Michigan. Mm-hmm. It's about three and a half hours from Closer, him. though. Yeah, it's from, closer. from Michigan yeah, to Mexico is, yeah. is a lot closer. Right. And I see him a little bit more than I okay. did before. But. So so that's what you did to rebuild your connection mm-hmm. with Dan. Right. Was you wanted to be closer to him physically. Right. Okay. Be able to see him more often. Wow. Right? Okay. Because I didn't have a relationship with him for so long. Mm-hmm. Of course, he was my baby. (laughs) It did for me. Yeah, I was going to ask you the same question. Did the time living off the grid change your perspective on family and your connections? And what did you do differently after coming back to society after a silence for so long? Yeah, it did for me. I was able to realize because of my ex-mother dying Mm -hmm. and then her dad Got sick and died immediately after that. Oh my goodness! It kind of hit me like, yeah. I and your have. grandmother passed. Yeah, my we, grandmother. Yeah, we didn't passed yeah. talk about too. your grandmother right. passing. Yeah. That I wanted to reconnect with my family yeah. too. Um, and that's why you moved here. To that was that was one of the main. I wanted to stay in Mexico, but that was one of the main reasons my ex-wife decided we needed to move back to Texas so I could have more of a support system with my family. And then you got sick, down which there. never really happened. Then you got sick in Mexico. Yeah. Then I started developing PTSD. You know, in Mexico. And, and that's and why she wanted me to be close to my family. To come back. Mm-hmm. So you have a support system. Yeah. yeah. But that never happened. I came back to Mexico, but that support system with my family never materialized. Well, it, why not? When you came back to Texas, it was a little better. Um, I'm not sure why. My father, I just don't think, wanted to have anything to do with me. Really? Uh, I would say the same thing about my sister, too. Mm. And my mother, I think it was just the the distance. She couldn't drive three hours. Yeah, I can't drive. Didn't want to fly. So that support system never materialized. Well, I've done all this on my own. I've I never had any support in that in that way. But you tried though. Like, yeah, I tried. Leaving off, I did try. Right. So being away from the grid and then coming back because she was losing her family and you lost your grandma made you realize that you want to reconnect with your family. And you tried. You tried to reach out to your dad. You tried having a relationship with your sister. But we're, being we're closer, closer with your mom. because I yeah. am closer physically than right. Michigan. And mm-hmm. I do co- come to see him, to visit right. him. She's here now. And, anything, and he comes to see me too. Anything so. more than zero is more. And we have a lot so, of projects that we're doing together yeah, now. And, now. Yeah. Um, and like so, I said, she's the editor of all my books. and. Um, so it's a lot closer. So your experience living off the grid opened up a lot of opportunities for you and your mom to grow closer together once you came back to society. More opportunities. More opportunities. Um, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say a lot. Um, at least a few more. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that that strengthened him. I think you know, in a way, it was a good thing that he did that. Mm-hmm. That he went through all of that wow. to make him self-sufficient so mm-hmm. he could write these books. Yeah. Number one, he was able to use that experience to pass it on to others in his books. Mm-hmm. And also in he had people come to the ranch and he trained them. 
you know, it gave him more strength, insight, uh, appreciation, I think, for family. Mm-hmm. Do you see that those difference? Those connections. Yeah, that's why he wanted to come back, I think. Mm-hmm. It, I think it was. I didn't want to come back. Well, I mean, that's why you came yeah. and ultimately came back. Yeah. I think, in a way, even though it was very hard on us mm-hmm. parents, mm-hmm. it was probably a good thing for him in the end mm-hmm. when you think about it. Even though he went through all of that, mm-hmm. it made him stronger mm-hmm. and gave him more vision, knowledge, and uh, appreciation, I think. That's great. That's a very supportive view of, you know, what he did. I'm sure, Dan, maybe your dad has something different to say because he gave you so much resistance. (laughs) But I'm sure he's proud of you, too. Uh, Recently, he's come around and said he was proud. Just recently? Yeah, within like weeks or or months. He said he was proud of me and that what I accomplished out there, he had always dreamed of. And that him and his brother had at one time in their life, planned on doing that in Montana. Oh, yeah, that's right. But he gave you so much resistance, yeah. though. Because that was when he was younger, my uh, age. And then when he was older, my age now, yeah. he didn't want that for his son. He wanted his son to be in his life. Yeah. He wanted his son to give him grandchildren. Okay, he wanted his son to do things for him. Mm-hmm. It was just and, like my mother was yeah. a very high and, and... Yeah, but he wanted that relationship with you, too. <laughs> Which yeah. he didn't have for seven years, too. Mm-hmm. Right. He wanted yeah. a relationship with so, you, yeah. So how was your reunion with your dad when you, when you came back to society? Was it as receptive as your mom, or? I don't remember about what my dad said or did. I I don't, I think it so was. So it wasn't that. No, it was grand. kind of cold and. Oh. Uh, like, I oh, mean, you're back. Yeah, he, yeah. he never came to my high school graduation, never came to oh, my military yeah. graduation, never came to my wedding. Never came to visit us once in Mexico. Oh, wow. So I don't think that when we came back, he even... Like, he didn't even notice. Didn't, it was... Yeah, okay. He didn't care at all. Okay, gotcha. How was your ex-family's reception? Because she's a lot closer, and they haven't seen her for seven years. Yeah. Like, that was, was that? And, and her mom's on her deathbed. Right. Exactly. Her mother was very um, grateful that oh. she came in her time of need. Really? The dad, of course, the whole family was very excited to see her. Mm-hmm. And her friends were excited to see her back. And, um, and that was kind of the motto of our entire marriage was her side of the family and friends were this huge bubble of supports. There's hundreds yeah. of people. And I had like two. Yeah. Yeah, it was always going to be very distorted on her side yeah. of it. But I kind of lived in that. I relished that and I experienced that as... It was my own too, mm-hmm. you know, through her. Mm. So yeah, her her parents were ecstatic to see her. Mm-hmm. That's great. Were they angry at all? No, I don't. I, if they were, I wouldn't. I, I didn't see you, anything. You they were just grateful. That. Okay, yeah. I think great. the dad, yeah. the dad had gotten over the whole. I wasted all this money on your yeah. education, <laughs> and you're not going to give me grandkids, <laughs> right? Um, because she had other siblings that gave her them grandkids. Oh, so during the time she was gone. He got to experience that with mm-hmm. his other kids. Yeah, okay. but me, my parents never got grandkids. Yeah, because uh, your sister's not having kids, and you're my not sister was kids. unable to have kids, and I oh. refused to have kids. Okay, um, so they will never experience. You that. know, that was hard. That was a hard thing to go through, oh. to realize you're not ever going to be able to pass on 
anything of you of you to them mm-hmm. or enjoy having grandchildren. But Karina and I got past that too. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of a lot of things that you have to accept in life mm-hmm. and just get through it and be strong. And then you have pleasures in other other parts of your life mm-hmm. that you can enjoy. So yeah, now, absolutely. I have grand dogs. <laughs> and I did them got Christmas 18 presents. of them. <laughs> yeah, and I 18 yeah, grand, I grand animals. And I, mm-hmm. I give them Christmas presents and I enjoy them. So Oh, good. Yeah, Barbara, you have a very positive and supportive outlook on Dan's journey. You know, I can't imagine my parents having that same outlook. I think they would hold a lot of resentment in towards me yeah so that's no good yeah, yeah they had i'm sorry go ahead. no it just hurts you you know it it hurts yourself to do that yeah i learned that a long yeah. time ago can't keep hate in your heart or anger you know it just hurts you it makes you it's sick amazing. i was just gonna say that they had heart your parents had hurt feelings and resentment for you just moving to texas yeah I'm mm-hmm. from California, so mm-hmm. me coming to Texas, mm-hmm. they is that it's same mentality of, oh, but we want grandchildren. We need you here to help us, you know, like your college degree and blah blah blah. So it was kind and of the like, same thing. I'm having none of that too. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I I wanted to not lead with that uh, traditional lifestyle. I still have a good connection with them, but if I were to cut all connection with them, mm-hmm. I think if I came back, they they may hold some resentment towards me. Barbara, I'm glad that you don't have that towards Dan. I'm just uh, I'm just grateful to have him in my life. Aw. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking back on this journey, what insights or lessons did you guys take from it? What would you have done differently or any pointers that you did do that helped you navigate through this we'll start with dan oh i think we did everything wrong oh <laughs> we did and, and i'm just specifically talking about leaving your oh, mom okay. like that that's all that i'm talking yeah, about like, I was gonna say we did every single rock thing harder than me yeah. Be. <laughs> yeah like um, like would you have prepped her more or do you think you gave her just enough did. knowledge for her to not talk you out of it or or what would you have done? In a way, you don't want to give them too much information because right. then they're... I'm not going to tell you that if my arm breaks, I'm yeah. going to have to set it and yeah. cast it myself. God, I didn't that, want to know that. that if, <laughs> if Lucy's no. belly gets ripped open, yeah. I'm going to have to suture myself, right. both of which I did have to do. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I'm that, glad I didn't if we know can't, that. If we lose our crops for that year, I'm going to have starve. to build, starve and then build hydroponic systems mm-hmm. and... You're not going to tell them all that stuff. No, I I don't know if you know that that's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, that too. You don't know. Either. So, um, in a way, I think it's better to just. Um, so less is more in yeah. this case. If you're preparing for the audience, if they're preparing, you know, family members that they're close to to be mentally ready for them to leave, maybe telling them as little as possible is better yeah or? i think i think that making it seem like it's not that big of a deal no. rather than making it seem like i'll never see you again i'll never yeah. see you again oh, yeah. okay okay and I, I would also suggest doing it as late as possible oh um, wow before you leave before you leave because yeah. parents especially if you're close with your parents or siblings or even friends yeah. or poll workers 
yeah. can influence your decision really yeah. easily. And the more time you give them to do that, the more time they have to talk you out of it. Wow. And so if you've made up this decision and you really are going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, wait until wait, like a week before. Or... And just rip, rip the bandage off yeah. at the last yeah. minute. Yeah. And on the other side, I'm, I'm not saying don't get information from them because they can be a source of information. Yeah, you, they you can, can be a support them, system for you. Right, you yeah. can ask them questions and hypothetically, I'm, you know, what if I did this and run some scenarios with them. You're going to get a lot of benefit out of that. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to go into it in a serious way um, and tell them I'm leaving a year before you leave, you're yeah. probably not going to leave. Because yeah. oh, right. they might talk you out of it or influence you in some way shape or form yeah that's what friends family that's what society does yeah we do that they influence us Mm -hmm. i mean just completely influence we're brainwashed by everybody around us right and um yeah we we don't have a chance to stand against all that brainwashing pressure yeah we we can't we can't do it by ourselves okay it's impossible so before you isolate yourself entirely you have to start isolating yourself little by little from everything around you right yeah you have to slowly start disconnecting from people slowly start disconnecting from systems banking systems food systems transportation phones Mm -hmm. yeah you just told them everything in the book yeah Mm -hmm. But that's why you wrote the book to but it's teach like, everybody. I can disconnect from you by saying, you know what, I don't, I'm not going to have anything to do with phones anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to contact me, you're going to have to email me mm-hmm. or um, not even email. I don't even have computers anymore either. So we're not going to be able to contact each other like that anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do that a year before leaving. Mm-hmm. That prepares you for having no like, contact. What are you going to do? Okay, you have no contact. Because these people, everybody, is so reliant on their phones and their, yeah. their mother can contact them a hundred times a day right. and then it's suddenly yeah, nothing. They do, they right. do contact. Yeah. And then people, uh, my friends can't believe I wasn't able to be in contact with you for seven years. Yeah, and that's because the the before period yeah. for so long, you have very little contact. Right. But, the, but now they have so much contact that yeah. it would be a much different story. So that's yeah. why I'm yeah. suggesting... Yeah. Slowly taper off like systems and say, I don't have a phone anymore. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. That's the way to do it. And that that not only prepares you, Dan, mm-hmm. but it prepares it prepares right. your mother mm-hmm. to not have that immediate gratification of checking in on their mm-hmm. child. But it's it's hard because we are so much more connected today than yeah. when you left. Right. Um and what about you, Barbara? Any lessons or insights to prepare yourself for you know having your child leave you i mean i think it's like dan said it it, it's like you have to they have to rip off the Mm band-aid and you've got to go through the pain initial pain and get used to it and just hope and pray that they're going to be okay Mm -hmm. you know and that's all you can do and and just be patient and stay with it and hope and you know that one day you'll see the light at the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. if you're going through a dark tunnel which a lot of times that's what it is I'm very visual because Mm -hmm. I'm a writer so to me it was like going through those years I had like 20 30 years of going through a dark tunnel Mm -hmm. and that was just one of the things that, Mm -hmm. that was part of it 
but you just have to hope that there's light at the end of it. And then gradually you see a little trickle of light and then it gets bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. And finally, you're at a very happy place with your child or mm -hmm. whoever you've lost. But it's like a death. It's like, it's oh. just like a death. It's like grieving. You grieve. You go through the five stages of gr grief, yeah. losing the child if he goes away from you. But then getting him back is the reward, yeah. you know, at the end. Yeah. And nobody has to, like, leave society to the, to the length we did. Mm -hmm. um, we had no phones, no TV, no internet, no mm -hmm. mail, no. Um, we didn't see a single person for s six, seven yeah. years. There's different levels. You mm -hmm. can um, homestead. You can uh, live off the grid. Mm -hmm. um, but still have phones. And contact with your family. Yeah, and contact with your family. If that is critical to you, keep your phone. There's mm -hmm. no, like, saying, oh, you're not self-sufficient because you still have a phone. Right. right. If you want to keep communication, there's nothing wrong with keeping communication. Yeah, different levels, right? Right. It's not like it was, you know, in the 50s or 60s mm -hmm. when if you left society, there were no phone lines okay. out there. <laughs> right. Um, cell phones go everywhere now. I, I think the way that you handled it, Barbara, was probably optimal, you know, because mm -hmm. if you left, if Dan had left you and you guys left on bad terms, you know, like if you were giving him resistance and um, telling him not to go and he resented you for that and you resented him for leaving, when he came back, I think the relationship would, would have been a lot rockier, mm -hmm. but the way that you approached it being so supportive and carefree and um, letting him well, go off. Of course, I was concerned. Yeah. I mean, you were, you know, you were still concerned. Deeply but... concerned, but I had to support him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the thing that most people don't account for is if your child or your loved one leaves off the grid, they're might be a possibility that they come back and if you want to rekindle that relationship you want to leave them on good terms right. and if they never come back you know you're going to regret for the rest of your life right this was the last thing i said to my loved one yeah well he was an adult like i said he'd been through the war mm -hmm. the service military and i had confidence in him because he had been through everything and he was an independent person, resourceful, you know. I knew mm -hmm. he had skills, so I had confidence that he could handle whatever he needed to do. I still have confidence that he Good. can handle. Mm -hmm. He takes on major things, and I'm just amazed at all. And that experience really brought you guys a lot closer together, too. Um, I want to offer you guys any final thoughts or questions for each other. We've talked a lot about child-parent um, relationships, but there may also be a parent-child relationship where you're leaving oh, your children. To go off-grid. To go off-grid. Mm -hmm. um, and that, I'm sure it's similar, but it's going to be very different in a lot of ways. Yeah. You can't touch on it because we never experienced it, but mm -hmm. um, you have that situation as well. Yeah, absolutely. I was just saying how you deal with that and how your children deal with you leaving. Mm -hmm. um, is, uh, again, should be supportive. and mm -hmm. Yeah, so your experience is um, fairly unique because you guys didn't have a nuclear family and your relationship 
was sort of distant at the age of 15 and then Dan left to go to the Navy. And so him leaving to go off the grid was really his third departure. So you've had a lot of experience with him already leaving the nest multiple times. Disappearing. Yeah, Yeah. disappearing, not hearing from him. Getting rescued by a helicopter. So it would be the fourth departure. That was horrible. That was very traumatic. That I disappeared. What happened? Yes. Well, I got a call from his father that he was AWOL. And I said, and they didn't know where he was. He was supposed to be, it was a weekend, he was climbing a mountain in Hawaii where he was stationed. Yeah. He didn't report back to base, and they didn't know where he was, and they sent planes out, but his father said, don't worry, I'm sure. Well, I don't know, he didn't try to make me feel better. He just said, don't worry, I don't contact the base or the commander, I'm taking care of everything, Mm -hmm. so don't contact anybody. I said, fine, that's fine, and I hung up with him, and I immediately called the commander and asked him, what are you doing to find my child? He was very nice, very considerate, and he said, we've got planes out, we're doing everything we can. Mm -hmm. That was... The, the day you were rescued by that tour, tour plane, mm. tour guide plane, uh, rescued off the mountain. I was seeing, I was, I was rescued by the fire department. Oh, yeah? Yeah, home. I thought it was, oh, the tour guide saw me, saw you me. And, yeah. and called the fire department. That was the day Princess Diana died, the day he was rescued. Mm. Yeah, that was very traumatic. And yeah, I called. You thought he died. I you didn't know. You lost oh, yourself. yeah. Then I thought. That wasn't the first time I thought I lost oh. though. So it's very unique. Um, not the first time. Right, it's not the first time. The first time was when he was 10 years old. We took him to Washington, D.C. for a trip to see the museum and the mall. And I told him, I think he was 10, around 10, right? Yeah, 9 okay. or 10. Or... Yeah. And I, and said, I said, I'm leaving. No, I said, we're going to the mall. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, great, because he thought it was the shopping mall where Mm -hmm. he was going to get clothes. And we got there, and he says, where's the mall? Mm -hmm. And there was just buildings, museums. I said, this is is it. We're going to go see all the, you know, history museum and archaeological. And And I said, I'm out of here. Yeah. (laughs) Ten years old, I'm going back to the hotel. And we had taken, like, two subways. I said, you can't leave, you know? You can't go back. Yeah. Ten years old. And so I left. He, well, he he asked me, you, you asked me to draw a map. I was always trying to leave. To yeah. go back to the hotel. And I said, no, I'm not going to draw a map for you to go back to the hotel on your yeah. own. You know, we got to we gotta see the building. So he turns to my mother and he says, draw a map for me on my hand and how to get back to the hotel. And she did. Oh, my God. And he left. And I, he left. Oh, my goodness. I, I was... Beyond upset, beyond d- despair. Yeah, I thought I'll never see him oh again. Oh my god, I'll never see him again. Yeah. So I, so we we couldn't, of course, continue to go through the museum. We just went right back to the hotel. I was going to call the police, and then there he is sitting there on the bed, waiting for us. I saw homeless people. I saw crackheads. Oh. He's. I said, "How did you get back here?" He says, "Oh." A policeman helped me, I, and he, and then another policeman oh gave me some fries or <laughs> bought me bought me some French fries. And yeah, one policeman 
told me where to go to the subway. I think I was lying. I think no, there was a crackhead that told me which subway to oh get to. Oh, my God. See, the things he's been through, I am so glad. Oh I didn't my know goodness. at the time that it was going on. What that is he... so funny. And so, then I was in an airplane crash. Yeah, I didn't know about that. He told wow. me about that later. I was so glad I found that out later after he survived. Wow. Because he's always been adventurous. Yeah. Always. I think it's a step past adventurous. I mean, there's adventurous people. Yeah, this but is you're like, like, yeah, like, like you a had risk taker, right? I, you, you just had no fear of fear. risks, you know? Yeah, no like, filter no, for yeah. risks. No I was fear. just disconnected from fear and from risks and right. from um, doing things the right way and the way society wanted you to do things. Or right. just being careful. About yeah, or just being careful. But I think that was part of the ADHD. It could be a whole bunch. That's a whole other. Yeah, that's a whole other episode. Yeah, going into why Dan is the way that he is. Yeah. Also, one time when he was younger, and in junior high, I guess, in Michigan, you were running with this group, and they, you were. One night he called me. He used to just run out of the house, and I didn't know where he was. Oh my god! When he was getting back, and then he called me. He says, I'm over here in Michigan. You went out to see a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I'm in Western Michigan. Come pick me up. Can you come pick me up? This is like 12 o'clock at night. Yeah, I'd taken like a three or four hour bus ride. Oh, my God. I said, what? Like, I didn't know where he was. I couldn't drive I didn't know how far it was. I just said, I need to go to, and I said the name of the town or whatever. And they sold me a ticket, and I got on the bus. So it's number nine bus. <laughs> leaves in 30 minutes, and I got on the bus, and it was like four hours oh or something. Oh, my gosh. And he... I'm like, man, I didn't realize the bus was this long. No yeah. girl's worth a four-hour bus. Oh, trip. my God. <laughs> so then he calls me, can you come pick me up? I said, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't drive out there. It's oh, well, that was pretty. 12 o'clock at night. Pre- pretty parenting. I'm not going to go out there and get my kid at 12 o'clock, o'clock at, at night. at night when you ran over there. I uh-huh. said, you got to get back yourself. When I hold old say? Oh, you must have been 13. Okay, figure it out yourself. 13, 14. And that's why I'm the way I am. He left. He left. So th- that's why I think was, um, yeah, was, your relationship is very unique. Yeah. And not uh, on top of that, of you guys just having this pattern of leaving and not speaking to each other. You also had a lot of confidence in Dan's past experience. I mean, yeah. Dan was a, a survivalist already. Yeah. He was in the military. He knew how to survive. Um, so it, it was a lot easier for you to sort of let him go off. But if, yeah. like, my parents, they they know I cannot survive yeah. out there. Well, I have no background whatsoever right. in surviving. That's so right. I think they would give me a lot more resistance. Because not yeah. only am I closer, like, me and my parents, we don't have that pattern of just letting me leave, you know? Like, we have a pattern of I am always coming. I'm coming back. I'm going to take care of you. You know, I'm your daughter. Very traditional right. Asian culture. Yeah, yeah, it's a very traditional relationship. And I have no background of surviving. So if I told my parents today that I'm going to live off the grid, not only would they not understand it, but they would have no confidence in me um, surviving out there and they would try to talk me out of it. So I think that's what makes your ability to leave the grid so much smoother, I would almost say, between you and your family. And it makes it very unique 
as opposed to like general population, they might not have the same background and, and family dynamics that you guys have. Yeah, I think that they're more their story is more like yours, mm-hmm. yeah. more traditional. And you would think that my story is the easier way to go and mm-hmm. would have this leg up, but. We didn't have the resources that's available to you guys either. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a much easier um, way of living off the grid than we did. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more things available for cheap that we had to build ourselves. So in a way, it's going to be harder for you and, and the viewers, but in a way, it's a lot easier for you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, we want to hear from you guys because... Your story is very unique because of your dynamics and your background, Dan, and mm-hmm. your experience in surviving. I know we have a lot of people who want to leave the grid or who have already done it before or tried. And so, or for me, I've only had two major moves. One was moving off to college, um, which was only six hours away, and then moving here to Texas from California. But um, even stories like that share what it was like to leave your family and what advice you guys would give or what your experience was or what you think Dan and Barbara should have done differently. Whatever it is, we want to hear it in the comments. Let us know. Do you guys have anything else you guys want to add? Yeah. Or? Get his book. Mm-hmm. Oh, find yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Apocalypse, How to Survive a Global Crisis. Mm-hmm. Or Breaking the Grid. And breaking the grid and the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of those books apply to what Dan has been through. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you, Barbara. Thank we really, you for having of me. Of course, we really appreciate you and having your perspective is very important to understanding all of the nuances to navigating, leaving the grid and things that people don't think about. You know, people don't think about the people that they leave behind. Right, right. Especially at that age, you know, they just think about what they want to do. Right. You know, that's understandable. But thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you so much. All right, guys. Well, that's the end of the episode. Tune in next week or next month for the next episode. (laughs) Perfect. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Please be sure to pick up a copy of Dan Martin's book, Breaking the Grid, at familist.com, linked below. And of course, please like, subscribe, and share.